velvet coat and a travelling cloak, slate grey in colour. John glanced to his right and saw a large woman sitting in a huddled posture. She had a fishy, colourless eye which immediately caught the apothecaries, causing her to glare at him suspiciously. Beside her, and immediately next to John, sat a neat little man, all tidy feet and hands, with a white wig placed at a correct angle on his natty head. John at once decided that the man was a dancing master, mainly because of the precision of even his smallest movements. The woman with the fishy eye suddenly let out a great sigh, and speaking in a pronounced German accent said, "Ah, I am so worried about my luggage. Will it get safely to Exeter, I ask? I doubt it. I truly do. Why, ma'am? inquired the dark young woman opposite. My dear young lady, you obviously have not travelled much, or you would know that the ways are littered with rogues and vagabonds. Think of the coaching inns, the post-houses, the horse-keepers, the horseless, to say nothing of highwaymen and other robbers. I tell you, one's baggage is not safe anywhere except under one's nose. But there are no facilities for that in a stagecoach, said the dancing master mildly. The fishy-eyed woman rounded on him. "'That is obvious, sir. Otherwise, I would be guarding mine with my life.' John produced a book from inside his cloak, and tucked his nose in it, determined not to get drawn into such a pointless and silly discussion. The ploy worked, and the conversation flowed around him, the German woman growing tetchier by the second, the young lady playing the innocent and taking the rise out of her, but, oh, so gently. The dancing-master, very sensibly, relapsing into silence. They had been travelling an hour, and quiet had been restored, when suddenly the black man spoke into the hush. "'Does anybody know what time we reach Brentford?' John looked up, surprised indeed by the man's voice, which was educated and pleasant to listen to. He glanced at his watch. "'In another twenty minutes or so.' "'Excellent, my friend. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Jack Beef, and mine is John Rawlings. Are you travelling all the way to Exeter?' "'I am indeed. Uh, "'May I present my manager?' "'He gestured towards the seedy-looking man. "'This is Nathaniel Broom.' "'John bowed as best he could. Uh, "'Delighted to make your acquaintance, sir.' Uh, "'Delighted to make yours,' replied the other, "'in a high, tight voice. "'You may be wondering why I travel with a manager.' "'Jack continued, laughing gently. "'The answer is that I am a bare-knuckle fighter, "'and I'm going to Exeter to take part in a bout.' "'How interesting,' said John, meaning it. "'Jack Beef looked melancholy. "'In fact, it is a hard life. "'I admit that I get to see some interesting places, "'but that is the sum total of it.' Nathaniel spoke up in his congested tones. "'Oh, come now! What about your fat purses? 
and the lords of the land whose hands you've shaken. The black man gave a broad grin and explained to his fellow travellers, My professional name is the Black Pyramid, apparently because my torso resembles one. Inverted, I might add, he informed the others with a rich laugh that made several people in the compartment smile, other than, it need hardly be said, the German lady, who continued to cast her eyes towards the roof and mutter, Ugh! Then, as quickly as it had started, the conversation died away, and they continued to journey in silence until, at twenty minutes past nine, the coach pulled up in the stable-yard of the Three Pigeons in Brentford. John, recalling the terrible Christmas he had spent on the run heading for Exeter when he had been accused of the murder of his wife, gave an involuntary shiver as he stepped down onto the cobbles.